0: Today's episode is with Dana Mantilla, and I gotta tell you, this episode is incredible. Dana specializes in helping protect people from cybercrime. She's incredible at what she does, but also, what's really interesting about Dana is she has pegged it when it comes to building a brand on social media. Now, check the title of this episode again. She's not a social media marketer, but I think this could, this could be another side hustle for her. She's gonna talk about how she's grown her business and also done it in a way that's created sort of a a digital presence a digital reputation i know i personally really admire her she has such an incredible perspective on business and most importantly she's going to talk about why you have to make sure you protect yourself protect your identity and protect all of your vital information check out this episode here comes your good advice Hey, thanks for checking out another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. I'm sitting down with Dana Matilia. She is an amazing person, not only for her business, but also for just the shenanigans she does on LinkedIn. This is somebody who I just cannot help but watch everything that she posts. Now, she's not a digital marketer. She's not somebody who is a LinkedIn Uh, She's not going to sell you something on LinkedIn Mastery, but she does master it well. In fact, she runs a business that helps people protect themselves against ID theft, cybercrime. She helps companies with their cybersecurity. She's the protection from all of those evil, nefarious people that you never see. Dana, thank you for being here today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Man, tell me about that intro. I don't even know where I was going with that. <laughs> that
1: was pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs>
0: well, hey, I'm I'm just thrilled to have you on. And, and you know, it's funny for the listeners, um, I pretty much harassed Dana to come on the show. Because again, Dana, I see your content. And it's so funny to me how you create such just engaging, fun, optimistic, but relevant content to what your expertise is. And a lot of people... It's, it's hard to do that well. I mean, some people, they'll post content that's motivating and it's encouraging, but it has nothing to do with their business. Other people post stuff about their business, but it is so dry, so boring. Um, I'm always smiling. I'm always laughing when I see your content. You know, if we can just start there for a second, I got to know about sort of the LinkedIn journey, and then we'll dig back into what you do for a living, what your business is like. Tell me about how you got started on LinkedIn.
1: Okay, so I think a lot of people have been members of LinkedIn for probably like 15 years Maybe not you because you're a little younger, but (laughs) I I signed up a million years ago Didn't do anything with it at all and then started hearing that maybe LinkedIn about a year and a half ago Was maybe a new thing, you know for business people to start promoting So I started going on there and looking and looking and looking and was totally afraid to interact or anything or post anything Articles even like something nothing. I just I just sat there and watched and then um I was watching a couple of people do some videos, especially like Shea Robot, and I love her. Yeah. And uh, she was doing some witty little videos and nobody else really was. And then a couple of other people started. And then I finally said, okay, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do a video. But I was really afraid to do silly videos because identity theft is a very serious topic. So I didn't want people thinking, what is this crazy lady doing with this? These, making these funny videos about identity theft? But at the same time, it's kind of a boring topic. So I thought, well, if I could break it down into short little you know, quick videos that are kind of a little bit entertaining, but they actually have a point that they're always, I always want someone learning something from the videos. Um, maybe they'll watch 20 videos and they will remember five of them. And then after a year, you know, maybe they'll remember 20 new little tips that are helping protect themselves and hopefully, you know, a fun kind of way. So I finally got the nerve up to do a video. So I did my video, I posted it on LinkedIn, and I got no views, no likes, no nothing. Okay, well, I got to keep going, right? So I kept going. And then um, I was just going to kind of post them a little bit here and there and one thing realizing with the identity theft industry, the protection side of things is there's so much that needs to be learned out there and taught to people because I don't think a lot of people really realize this is a big problem and it's it's not going away. And so I figured the more education we could kind of get out there and get the conversations going that identity theft is a big problem, you know. So let's let's start doing some videos. And then I was getting a really really positive response. People were saying you know that they were kind of funny and that they were learning things and. So it's just kind of taken up, taken on a life of its own, which which I love because I really have fun doing these videos and coming up with these kooky ideas and everything and the props. I love, I love thinking of the new props that I can put into some of the new videos. And my kids think I'm crazy every time a new Amazon delivery shows up. They're like, "Oh, what's she doing now?" You know. So it's kind of funny.
0: Well, it's and it's really. I mean, it's it's frankly, it's a competitive advantage. I mean, your ability to talk again about your expertise area in a way that's engaging but also leverages the platform really well. I think that's something that, I, I don't know if you've just always had a knack for it or if you have really had to spend some time on it. I am curious, you know, what, because because what the start of your story is like so many business owners out there. They get on, they're like, yes, I'm going to get on social media. Yes, I'm going to make the post. Maybe they're even bold enough to do a video, which, you know, the most, the most um, credible, amazing people will still get nervous on their first video. And so they'll post it. Nothing happens. No one engages with it. Mm-hmm. It's like total shame and embarrassment. <laughs> you know, I just need to delete this. Or even I remember one of my first posts, I had somebody who literally they commented and they were like, please delete this from the internet. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, well, this is really motivating for my business. Yep. But so mm-hmm. I'm interested how, because at that point, that's where most business owners quit with social media. They say, well, mm-hmm. it doesn't work. It doesn't matter. Uh, I am better served using my energy elsewhere. And yet you continued and now it's kind of, it has this momentum in and in a life of its own where just like I said, mm-hmm. whenever I see a post come up from you, I'm like, Ooh, yeah, this is going to be really fun. This is going to be engaging. I have fun following your content. What, what was the secret sauce or the step that got you thinking, okay, I have to keep doing this. Keep the, keep the wheel turning. How did you do that?
1: well i think it was it was as people kept um started to comment more and like more and then people started private messaging me and i'm starting to feel like and i still feel like i'm a little bit like like a dear abby where people tell me and some of these horrible stories that happen to them you know so then we'll go back and forth and talk about um you know some of the stuff and sometimes people they really are embarrassed that they fell for for some of these things and they feel better i think you know after we kind of talk about it and um you know, it was funny. I have a video coming out that um, in my office, you know, I had my one of my assistants. I was at my desk and I see her standing outside my desk with her coat on and uh, coat on outside of my office. So I finally said, where are you going? And she said, I'm going to get that stuff you needed. And I said, what stuff? She said, the stuff you were just telling me about. And I said, I don't I don't even know what you're talking about. So she says you emailed me to get a whole bunch of stuff. And then we switched the conversation over to text message. And I said, I have no idea what you're talking about. So she went, she got her phone, and sure enough, somebody had emailed her saying, you know, pretending it was me, and then saying, Hey, let's let's jump this phone call over to text message and wanted her to go to Walmart and get a bunch of gift cards. Even she was even asking, Well, how do you want me to pay for these right now? And and the person just said, Oh, just pay for them, read me the codes off from the store, and then when you get back, I'll reimburse you. And um, the whole thing was a scam. And I said, this is us. This is happening here in our office right now. This is crazy. So this is definitely happening other people. They should not feel guilty or feel stupid or feel whatever silly that they fall for them because they catch you right at the wrong time. You're not thinking. You're just kind of, you know, doing your thing. And uh, and that's when they, they play off of your emotions. And this oh the urgent thing. You have to do this right now. Okay, okay. So it's, uh,
0: yeah, nice it's, it's always interesting how in hindsight, it feels so obvious. Mm-hmm. But just like you said, when you're in the moment, it, it it's like, You know, it's funny. I saw one of your videos where it was like, my son needs me to mail him some cash or no, my grandson. Wait, I don't have a grandson. (laughs) But but like in the moment, it's like, it's like, oh yeah, I got to do this. Like I got to, and there is that urgency and there is that, Mm -hmm. and it it is so easy to fall into these traps. And especially, you know, let's, if we can maybe talk a little bit, you know, we're recording this episode. We're right in the middle. Man, I I pray to God we're in the middle. I hope we're not at the start. of this Corona craziness. I mean, Mm -hmm. it is so devastating right now. And you would think that this would be the time for people to set aside their greed. And yet, Mm -hmm. there's even, there's scams happening right now. You know, I just saw a news article on uh, people who are already trying to take advantage of people's stimulus checks Mm -hmm. and trying to get information from people. And it's just just wild. It's wild what people are doing. These scams are always evolving, it feels like
1: hmm. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of what the CDC too. people will call up and they will say or actually show up at your home and uh, say they need to know the information about the occupants in the home, all kinds of personal information. And we've heard of them showing up at people's houses. And if that does happen to anybody, you know, you need to close the door immediately and then yell through the door that you're calling 911 because no one from the CDC is going door to door right now, um, collecting any kind of information. You know, that's, <laughs> a, that's a scammer. I don't
0: know. I feel like they have a lot of free time on their hands just to <laughs> go to a random wherever, whatever town and go door to door. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, you know, I get it again. when you're, when you're on the other side of it, it's, it's, it's hard to think objectively. And I, I guess a lot of people are, you know, Trust rather easily or, and and not even from a manipulation standpoint, I know when I started my business, a lot of vendors and suppliers and people I chose to work with, I gave trust very freely because I was like, Mm -hmm. we're all kind of in this together. Mm -hmm. And I really felt like I got burned from that just from the ignorance of thinking, you know, Hey, yeah, everyone's going to do right by me. And it's unfortunately just, it's just not the case. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and as far as those checks go, you know, I can see a lot of scams where people will be calling up and saying that they need to know checking account information to deposit these things and all that kind of stuff. And then even if someone maybe is a little apprehensive, then they, have the, you know, they get bold too. They'll say, well, listen, you're not going to get your money then you're going to have to wait another extra three months. And then they're going to mail you a check. If you just give me the information now, we'll just deposit it. And so then people, you know, a lot of these people are really, really looking forward to getting these checks. They desperately need them. And then you have someone who's taking advantage of the whole thing and then getting into their checking account.
0: You know, one scam, I was a, was part of, I wasn't part of it. I I spearheaded a scam. I want to tell you about it. No, I got a phone call. And the only reason I knew it was a scam was because I got the same phone call about three months separate, but this gentleman calls and he says like, and I think it's a recording, but he says, Pamela. And I go, uh, no, this is Blake. And He goes, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. Well, hey, I'm with the you know National Police Officers Union, and I'm collecting. And it, it, I just ended up not donating, not because I hate the police, but just because I was like, this is kind of weird. I, I don't mm-hmm. think I'm gonna donate. I didn't think anything of it, and then I literally got the exact same call, same voice, same language, same wording. Uh, it was like a month or two later, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is like this is like a robocall or something. Mm-hmm. This is like crazy. And it kind of clued me in, like, man, even s- some of these scams, you wouldn't even. I mean, you wouldn't even think twice about it. You'd be like, oh, there's some gentleman just trying to collect some cash yep. and then you get taken advantage of, I guess.
1: Yep, yep. And then the other thing too with these phishing emails that are going around is there'll be an email that'll say, oh, click here to see the latest map of the corona outbreak and you know where it's reaching now. And you click on that and then now you're downloading malware onto your computer And that's uh, obviously not a good thing either. I had a gentleman the other day, he contacted me and somebody was in his computer. And and I was like, well, what do you mean somebody's in your computer? He's like, they're in there. And
0: I was (laughs) like, ooh. It's like a Derek Zoolander in there type of thing. It's
1: like, uh, okay. And probably what happened was he probably clicked on an email and and it downloaded like a keylogger thing because – You know, he kept saying every time he changed his passwords, they still weren't, um, you know, even no matter how complex they were. So he was getting back into whatever these accounts were. And it's probably because they could see what he was typing down on them.
0: So, so, and just for the listeners, clarifying your business name, Identity Protection Planning. Tell me about, you know, how did you get started in the business? How'd you jump into this? I mean, it's, it's, this isn't quite the thing that you hear someone say when they were like eight years old, like, you know, I really (laughs) want to get into identity theft protection. Tell me a little bit about how you got into this gig.
1: Okay, so I basically grew up in the car business. My family always had a Ford dealership, and I have been running that for, you know, almost 20 years now. So, uh, about in 2015, I wanted to uh, open an insurance agency so then we could offer our clients insurance, auto insurance, home insurance. So, we did that, and then I wanted to, I started paying attention to a little bit of identity theft and was looking for a product that we could offer to them. Uh, But there was nobody out there that had any kind of B2B model. Everybody was direct to consumer. And so we developed a software program and um, came up with our identity theft product. And uh, that monitors credit for any kind of alerts, social security number activities, as an AIG million dollar insurance policy, um, a restoration center to call, which I think that's the most important thing is when something happens to people, they're like, oh, what do I do? do? Who do Who do I call? So if that really is, is a nice product. And then we developed a platform for financial advisors or insurance agents or whoever has an audience that wants to offer uh, identity theft protection to them that they can through a very non-technical co-branded website that they can direct their clients to. And uh, so that's been, that's been working out pretty well. That's as far as a consumer product. And, um, but one thing that happened when I started looking into this back in 2017, which was interesting, my brother was trying to get a health savings account opened and he got denied. So he called, he said, well, why am I getting denied? Nobody would tell him why he was getting denied. So he had to dig and dig and dig and dig. And then finally, he got somebody to tell him that he was on the terrorist watch list.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: So someone had stolen his identity and was using it for some not so good oh, things. so your so. brother's
0: not a terrorist, just for <laughs> terror. <laughs> No, no, Make he's
1: not. <laughs> no, he's a little crazy, but he's not a terrorist.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: wow. So anyway, so that kind of intrigued me too and it started, started doing my research and everything. So well,
0: And if, if I may, um, you know, listening to your story a little bit, was, was this sort of like serendipitous where it was like, oh, I'm going to create this product and oh yeah, we made this or was, was because some of my listeners are entrepreneurs, maybe they're new business owners, maybe they're they're startup founders and they're kind of what they want to offer. They're not even really quite sure what that thing is. You know, they're sort of, it's it's very nebulous. Like they're trying to get their fingers on it and it, mm-hmm. it just takes time and energy to really develop it. Did, did you always kind of feel like you had a read on the market that you kind of knew what you wanted to offer or was it more of like a, you know, let's experiment and see what, what we come up with.
1: Well, as far as getting into the identity theft protection aspect of things, the more research I started doing and learning what a big problem this was and how much uh, worse it was going to get. And it just made sense with knowing how much technology was getting more and more involved in our daily lives. And, uh, so then it became, it's, I'm very passionate about it too. I love learning about it. And, um, not, not that all the terrible things have happened to people, but just, you know, interested in all the different <laughs> right, stories. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, you know, you get it. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so um, as far as, well, I don't know. I mean, and then I took a course and that we had to do a um, cybersecurity plan risk mitigation um, for either a company that we chose or we could do Sony when Sony got hacked by North Korea. And uh, that was a very interesting process to walk through. And I thought to myself, you know what? there's a lot of businesses out there, small businesses, that they have no cybersecurity plan whatsoever in place. And it's it's a little bit intimidating. They don't even know how to, how to put a plan together. So, as I was going through the process with that course, I thought, you know what, I'm going to come up with a very, very non-technical, easy-to-understand plan for a lot of small businesses. That's something they can implement easy. It's not going to take up a lot of their time, and it's not going to be crazy expensive. So,
0: Well, and and totally speaking from a small business perspective, I think you're totally spot on. I mean, I had a guy who was talking to me about, he was like, you know, we have a service that we can run, we can run your business to see where it comes up in the dark web, Mm -hmm. let you know. And I, I was like, okay, well, I don't, I don't really know what that means for me. Like, should I be worried if my name is in the dark web or like, what is that? And so I, you know, and this is, this is a pretty common trend in business in general where, you know, what you're offering, you have, such, you have such clarity as to why it's so important and why it's so meaningful, but from a sales perspective, that actual conversation of this is why this is important, this is what it means for you, and this is why a small business owner would really care about this. I think that is challenging for anybody in any industry whatsoever. It mm-hmm. sounds like that's something that you've always felt, or it seems like you've had a pretty good um, knack for in terms of knowing how to communicate that, knowing what's important to small business owners. Uh, is that accurate?
1: Well, I don't know. I don't know if I've always if I've always known it. I mean, my my thing with LinkedIn specifically was I really wanted to build relationships and knowing you know with me with all of my business that I have I have all my gatekeepers all over the place so to get to me through the phone and you know it's it's a difficult thing because I'm getting like any other um, business owner you're getting all these calls all day long people trying to sell you things and I think LinkedIn is a place where people feel like they can get away from that there's a lot of really big powerful people on LinkedIn and um, they're not getting pestered and you know, I mean, we all see it when somebody makes a connection with you. And the first thing they do is they send you this 5,000 word thing, pitching, whatever it is that they have. And they want to hop on a call and you're like, Whoa, wait, hello. How are you? Nice to meet you too. You know, let's take, take a minute here.
0: It's a kiss and on the first date, is what yeah, it is. Yeah,
1: it is. Exactly. It's, it's like, too it's like a high
0: handshake with the kiss. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, Whoa, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I don't think yeah. anybody really likes those. And, um, what I did find too is with my videos and communicating with people. And by the time I do hop on a phone call with them, there's there's a comfort level already that they, well, they see I'm just kind of a regular person. And, um, yeah. you know, I like to have a nice regular conversation too. So it, the, the conversation goes a lot smoother than having to go through all of the whole, you know, this is me and this is what I do. And, you
0: know. Well, and, you know, I think going back to my comment on like the explanation factor, like where small business owners can really understand, it's, it's almost amazing how much less you really have to articulate the ins and outs of your business when your prospective customer just trusts you. You know, it's like when someone, when someone trusts you, it feels like they're much more inclined to buy from you and not, not sweat so much the details of exactly. And and not that people don't want to be informed, not that they don't want to know, but it feels like on social media, especially people just aren't sure they are. In fact, I'd even say blissfully unaware of Mm -hmm. how to build trust. And it's the message you're talking about where someone reaches out and they even go so far as to, um, you know, Tuesday at two o'clock, is that good for you? <laughs> you know, uh, or, or they'll say, they'll say, now, can you do, can you do Tuesday at two or can you do Wednesday at four? Right,
1: right. You know, and, yep. and
0: it's so obnoxious because I know they went to like some sales course or some sales mm-hmm. training that was like, you know, go ahead and imply You're going to meet all that jazz. But you know, exactly what you're talking about, these huge, massive inboxes that people send to you, Or they say, hey, I want to lead with value. And then they send you like the paragraph with the click here to buy from me. And I'm like, that's not what leading from (laughs) from, that's not what leading with value is. Right. Interestingly enough, when I got my, I can't remember if I connected with you or you're bigger than me, so I probably connected with you. But I remember connecting with you and I got a message from you that was a video message. Mm -hmm. And and I'm sure it's just a recorded message, but but it was what was really interesting was I thought that is such an authentic, genuine message. And I think I even replied, I was like, oh, this is really cool. Mm-hmm. But you stood out, especially from the trust factor. I was like, this is, this is different. It's new and it's authentic. To me, that concept seems so simple. And yet so many salespeople everywhere cannot understand how to build trust, how to be authentic, how to be genuine. It, it's, it's weird, the disconnect to me, I guess.
1: Well, I think some salespeople they're they're in that sales mode, sales mode, sales mode. You know, they've always got there at the end of every conversation, every sentence, they're thinking, "Am I getting a little bit closer to that sale?" And. And this, even when I sign up all the financial advisors or ins- insurance people that are going to offer this, I say to them, now listen, we're not going to go out and bang everybody over the head and sell identity theft protection. This is the beginning of a long conversation. Then eventually maybe they're going to say, you know what, six months down the road, a year down the road, I think I do need to finally sign up for one of those plans. So this is, this is a marathon. So that's what I figured is, you're not going to go, I can't just hop on there and, and start pitching this whole thing. It just wouldn't make, I wouldn't want someone doing that to me specifically with this product. And like I said, it is kind of new. So it takes a little bit of time for people to, to buy into it. I think if you ask people right now, would do you think your house is more likely to burn down or that you're going to be a victim of identity theft? Everybody would say their house is going to burn down. And that's not true. But until we change that perception, you know, so we got to work on it in the meantime.
0: Mm -hmm. And it feels like also just from like the selling perspective, not everyone has quite the patience they need for that long-term sell. Mm -hmm. It feels like the most valuable relationships, like any relationship, again, this isn't a hard concept, Mm -hmm. they take time to build, you know, you don't become best friends with someone overnight, just like Mm -hmm. you don't acquire an incredible customer overnight. But it seems like especially today's entrepreneurial culture and even small business culture and it's, I think it's part of the reason why people can't be patient on LinkedIn, whatever social media platform that they're on, but this patience, this willingness to, I will, I will. And I hate to say like, I hate to say like work this customer because you're not, it's not about like manipulating or it's more of though, it's hard for people sometimes to say, I will invest in this relationship Mm -hmm. um, and see where it goes down the road. Uh, In fact, it feels like a lot of people, if they can't make the sale right there, I mean, they will, they'll move on. I mean, they'll, they'll kick the relationship onto the curb. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's, it's an interesting challenge, especially in the the entrepreneurial space today. Mm -hmm.
1: And I do wonder too, like the people that send those messages, those very aggressive messages, they can't possibly be getting a good uh, response to that, that when do they say, you know, this, this angle isn't working. Maybe I need to try a different angle. I mean, how many times do they send that message out and don't get anybody clicking on Tuesday or Wednesday, you know?
0: Well, and part of me, I wonder, you know, not to get like, Super in the weeds, on like you know LinkedIn, but i to be to be frank i've connected with some fairly large people who um have taken that route with me even personally, and i think wow you're this you're this mega brand almost I'm kind of shocked that this is your sales style. Mm-hmm. all this to say, I wonder you know I think some people are even doing it in good conscience it's just that's just what they know that's what they've been taught, mm-hmm. and, or they're just emulating what other people have done. Um, and then also, I get it, you know, for any small business owner, cash flow is so challenging. Yeah. There's absolutely the urgency, especially right now. I mean, it, with, when this whole Corona thing hit, I, I, I lost literally my biggest client the day my daughter was born. I got a, the daughter was born. I'm at the bedside with my wife. I get the email and it's my biggest client. And I'm thinking, you got to be kidding me. And this mm. is this before Corona, we'd even like kind of had figured it out. Mm-hmm. But their company had had one of the first cases in my state. And, um, I felt this, this burning urge to, I need to call everyone and sell everyone something. And it took, it took a lot of personal, I, I can't be that guy. I can't be that person. I, I know everyone's struggling right now. It's tough. I think not to give into that sense of urgency, especially when people really believe in their business. They love their business. They want to see it succeed and be, and be profitable, but yet, it, it, and many times, you need the you need multiple months to bring in the consistent revenue and actually make it work. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I kind of get it from, from that perspective, I guess.
1: Yeah, I do too. I, I, I get it. People need to, to close the deals and get everything done. I, I do too in certain aspects of, of my life and certain businesses I have. But um, if you have the chance, I guess that, that's the, if you have the opportunity to play the long game, I think the, the long-term return is going to be greater.
0: So tell me, what's what's the long game for your business?
1: The long game for my business. Well, right now we have, you know, the individual product. And then now with our new, I don't think we talked about it yet, but our new cybersecurity for the companies, that I'm really excited about because that's got a little fun to it. And it's got, it's called CYA, Um, cybersecurity and it's can you answer and so we like to say that the um, when the FBI comes in after you've had a data breach and the first thing they're going to say to you is could you please answer a few questions about what you were doing before this uh, data breach to protect your customers data and if everyone's sitting there looking at each other and you don't have the same answer and then they separate people and they start asking people and you're all giving different answers that's not good because that's when the fines and the penalties will just drive that business out of business but if you can be nice and organized and say yes, we can answer those questions and show them your employee training and your plan and and all the stuff that you have put together that um, is 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 fun to put together and doesn't take too much time and is not too expensive, I think that's I'm excited about that.
0: That's coming. You no, know, and I, I hate to be that guy to like totally not even respond to what you just said, but just watching like you're so emotive as you do your impersonations, I just think you would have had another career in YouTube or something. I like guess a <laughs> YouTube star if this hadn't worked out for you it's just fun to listen to you <laughs> thanks but, but let me let me break this down especially what you just talked about the cya program is this something that a small business owner would want to use
1: i think so i definitely think so i mean not to get too into the details of it but it's got a, it's got a little app that you put on all the employees phones because you know a lot of people are doing work on their phones and sometimes they're not so secure so it has a vpn on there so they're always going to be no matter where they are wi-fi streaming or whatever they're going to be secure and um it also scans the devices for any kind of bad stuff you know some of these apps that we download some of them don't don't have good things in there and um even like the flashlight app they always say that the flashlight app which you think is it's a flashlight app you know that's some some bad stuff in there um and then also same thing with your device your your laptop or your um, desktop, it'll. That you put your files in an encrypted area and it'll scan your computer to show you where all your credit card login information is. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in here that people don't realize it's stored on that device somewhere. And so we'll show you that. Then we have the, you know, the checklist to go through. Are you doing this? Are you doing that? It do, do, do. comes up with a grade and tells you what you need to work on and you go fix it. And then it's got some fun, um, fishing and social engineering um, training for the employees, which so really is fun. Let,
0: let, let yeah. me ask this because here's what I'm kind of getting at is, is, for me personally, it's easy for me to think I'm small time. I mean, you know, what, what kind of customer data should I even be responsible for? And I'm, I'm sure there is a level of like, well, all of it, you should be, you know, you should be careful with all of it, but, but, you know, for the small business owner, what advice do you have in terms of what they should be thinking about for, for customer data, for their own, even personal data, you know, what, what makes your service so important for that person?
1: I think it kind of, um, you know, like I say, again, the non-technical aspect of it, it's making sure that the kid that works in the back room isn't on Twitter telling all of his friends, oh, I think we had a data breach at work today. You know, no, we don't don't want that. We want to make sure we're all on the same (laughs) page here. And even making sure that, you know, you have a third party vendor that's accessing some of your customer data. Well, what what are they doing with it? Have they told you exactly how they protect the data? Because then you'd be responsible for that too if your your data, you know, if it's your customer, you're going to Responsible somewhere along the line for that, Um, so it just kind of stops and and gets everybody to look at different things. Is there data that you used to have that you no longer need? Where is it stored? And you know, back in the day, it used to just be well, we this is when we shred our documents. But now we have data that's on servers in house. We have data that's up in the cloud. We have data here, there, and everywhere. Um, And even with the bring-your-own-device, that now people now do, they bring their laptop to work and who's, who's making sure that whatever security level's on there. So it's just a, a thing that I think that we all really do need to look at, no matter how small you are. And the, the big target is now the small businesses because the hackers know that the small businesses are not IT, not that the big companies are, but they have departments that take care of all the IT and right. make sure they have all that crazy security. But the smaller businesses don't, and, and the hackers definitely do do know that, and they're taking advantage of it.
0: Well, yeah, and I totally I get it. Cause I mean, as a small business owner, it's like, well, I'm not big, I'm not big enough time to worry about data or security. And, and I think you're spot on. I, I'm sure hackers do a great job of taking advantage of that mentality.
1: Yeah. And even, you know, let's say that they can get into your email system and they, they watch the way the emails are going back and forth. Let's just say you had an office manager and um, they know that, you know, they can get in there and act like you and have her wire money. I mean, look at that, that example that I was giving you that even happened at, at my company where one of my employees, this is what we talk about all the time is all these scams. And she was just about to fall for it. I mean, Barbara Corcoran, she's obviously a big wig. I yeah. You see that? that $400,000 that somebody yeah. in her office wired and then went to go check with her assistant. And they were like, what are you talking about? We don't have any money to wire. And then, you know, found out that it went to an IP address in China yeah. and that money is long gone.
0: Well, and one of the funny parts of that story, it's not funny. I mean, it's devastating, obviously for any business, but they asked about what she was going to do with the employee and she was like, oh, well, you know, it was an honest mistake. And, <laughs> but I'm like, it's $400,000. Oh my gosh. Yep. You know, but... You know, yeah. you know, it really wasn't her fault. I mean, I get it. Right. But, you know, yeah. Anyway, well, this has been great. We, we're kind of running out of time here. Tell me about, you know, for people who are listening, especially people who maybe would want to learn more about what you offer for a living, what's the best thing for people to do? How do they engage with you? How do they follow you? What, what, what's the best route for that?
1: Well, if they're on LinkedIn, they can certainly find me there. Um, But if they want to go to our website and you can message me there, you can give us a call there at the office that's on there, identityprotectionplanning.com. And, uh, you know, yeah. And if we don't have something already available to offer somebody, we can come up with something that will work for them depending on their size and what their data they're keeping.
0: All right. Well, Dana, thank you for being here today.
1: Thank you for having me. This was
0: fun. All right. Yeah. Well, for the listeners, hey, thanks for checking out the episode. If you've not subscribed to the podcast, what the heck are you waiting on? Click that subscribe button. Make sure you're following the content that we're offering each and every week. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, which why wouldn't you? Give this episode a five-star review. I'd really appreciate it. That's all we have for you. Stay tuned. We'll see you later.